This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to episode 116 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and Gaz is with me. Are you well, my good man? As well as can be. Yeah. No, we, we. I think we've had a. I think that if we recorded the pre the, the pre podcast chat, it would be therapy with Ben and Gaz. But uh, yeah, it's been it's it's been a weird week. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll you know, there's a little bit of news to talk about, but we may as well plow straight into uh, into the football. Um, and I wonder, we'll start... I, just, I wonder how many people listening to that are disappointed or how many people are thinking, thank God for that. <clears throat> We're not going to have to listen to what those two knobs have been doing all week. <clears throat> well, I mean, seeing as you've asked, um, no, no, got, um, obviously the first, first thing to talk about really was, uh, was the Accrington game. Um, we're going to touch on it because, uh, we, again, we sort of said that it, it's now a game that's not the last game, but it's the last league game. So, it's got some relevance, but probably not as much as the Saturday Tuesday fixtures will have going forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I think Michael summed it up at the end of the game when he came out and said, you know, we only really played for 45 minutes. Um, and given that we did, I think I think a draw was overall probably a fair result. Um, I mean, what, what, what did you think to, to what, did you see the comments and, and would you say that's probably about right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we were... Um... I think we were absolutely awful, to be honest, in the first half. Uh, we just never got going. Um, we gifted Accrington a goal. It was a, it was, a, you know, it was, it was a silly, silly gift, but it happens. Alex Palmer's in credit with us. And, you know, it was more akin to Sunderland last season, I think, where, you know, Josh Vickers and Jason Shackle and Harry Toffolo got in a terrible, terrible mess and, and we conceded. It was a similar sort of thing. Mm. Um, but neither side really impressed me in the first half. To be brutally honest, I know Accrington scored, but I think there were so few shots, there were so few efforts on goal. Um, you know, they were by far the better side, but you knew that we had more in the tank on the back of that. You knew mm. that we were going to come out, well, you certainly hoped we were going to come out in the second half with a little bit more behind us because I don't remember 
um, a game this season, perhaps Bristol Rovers, uh, but where we've been so poor in the first half and there hasn't been some sort of reaction. And I mean, even Bristol Rovers, we came out and scored mm. uh, and got, got into the game, didn't we? So um, you always know now that Michael's going to be able to affect something at halftime, uh, which I think he did. I think that we came out in the uh, in the second half and you know, gave a good account of ourselves. On reflection, we probably should have won it. Certainly, after going two one up, you know, you, you can't really go two one up at home with like eight minutes to go. You've got to go. I think, as Liam called it, heavy metal, haven't you? You've got to kind of you know shop, shop, defend for your life. Mm. And you know, I'm, I'm not looking for criticism, but maybe we think about we're recording this on Thursday. So it's exactly four years since that uh, FA Cup tie at Burnley. Yeah. And one overriding image of that is uh, when we score Danny Cowley, get him Jamie McCoon stripped off. Yeah. That sticks yeah, yeah. right in the mind. So to me, maybe when you score and you two one up against Accrington Stanley at home, you're looking at your bench and going, right, who have I got? Sean Rowan, get on. I'll take one of the midfielders off. Let's shut up shop. I, I know it's a different philosophy um, and you know it's not a criticism. We're top of League One at the time of recording and we will be hopefully by the time you people are listening to this. So you know, it, it's just an observation really that I think personally we could have had three points. I think that the um, Accrington goal was was stoppable. I actually think it was savable. I think Alex Palmer will be a bit disappointed as well. Mm. I mean, it, in fairness, I, I thought the, the the second Accrington goal, I thought was a really good finish. I mean, it was, um, it, it could have, you know, it is an avoidable goal, but it, I thought he took it really well. Um, maybe the speed at which it happened possibly just unsighted Palmer a little bit, but um, yeah, I just think it was, I, you know, the, the the first half, like you say, was just atrocious, and I think it it definitely sounded like. Um, I mean, it seems more and more like Michael's got the ability to to stick a rocket up their asses at half time. You know, whether that's the fact that he's been in the in the room with Alex Ferguson and had the hair dry treatment, I don't know. It's he is he seems to be able to turn things around relatively quickly at half time, and you know, whether it's a case of um, the fact that he can do that a lot. I just wonder if that's one of the reasons why we seem to, to you know, get most of our goals in the second half. Um, and it's it's something that, you know, I think that also equates to the fitness uh, question that we've, we've raised before. But, um, yeah, it was it was just a really disappointing first half. And I think having the elation of Tom Hopper scoring, um, who I thought had a fantastic game, you know, in, in the second half, I thought he was, you know, he definitely worked his, you know, worked his knackers off. Um, but I think the, uh, I think having that elation taken away a few minutes later was uh, was a bit of a kick in the balls. But it seems like you know results are going our way elsewhere as well. And I know we can only look after ourselves, but when you see other results coming in like that, you just start to, I think you just maybe start to believe that a little bit more. Um, obviously, you know, Peterborough are creeping up at the minute, and I think. Considering we both tip Peterborough to win the league at the beginning of the season, I, I'm I'm quietly smug about the fact that they're coming up quickly, but at the same time, you know, they're obviously snapping at our heels a little bit. So it's a four horse race. It's a four yeah. horse race for the two promotion spots. Uh, Pete said, said to me the other week that Doncaster would fall away, and and that's happened. And yeah, I think when you look at games against us, and and there was another one they won Oxford, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were they weren't 
really at the races we should have beaten Doncaster just by virtue of the two penalties we had more 26 efforts didn't we with only five on target that game mm-hmm. they've really tailed away I mean Hull thrashed Wigan yesterday but Rochdale scored five at um, Wigan and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about them so you know they've conceded five at home I think on three occasions in the last month two months uh, rather so you would expect Hull to go and do that but Hull have faltered uh, those two games that we've got in hand, you know, you're not guaranteed to win them, but you're talking if we do get the same average, and it's mm. you know, all ifs and buts, but you know, it's four more points that we'll have over them, so it'll be a five point gap. Um, mm. you know, some might argue that it'll turn into a three horse race between us, Portsmouth, and Peterborough. I think I told my dad that the other day. In my gut, that's the, my feeling, but you can't really rule Hull out. Um, so that, that's what it is. And look, look, Accrington beat Doncaster last night. Mm. They are absolutely no mugs at all. So to take two points from two games with Accrington, look, it's not ideal. But at the same time, we didn't get beat. I think we showed real character. Our first chance didn't come until 30 minutes. And that was a Joe Walsh got under a free kick, didn't he, and headed it up into the, up into the executive boxes. Mm. So we weren't at our best against a team that I think will finish top six. Um, and... Yeah, we've done. Um, we've come out of it with a point. So I think it's just when you, it's worrying. We've drawn two games in a row, and by worrying, I don't mean a massive, massive concern. But would you rather have gone for broke in those two games, one one and lost when you still have more points? I mean, our last four league fixtures have brought us five points. Uh, so it's only really the form of others that have kept us where we are. So it's nice to be going into a couple of games um, very soon now. In fact, um, in a week where I would hope to be recording in a week's time and be talking about six more points on the table. Absolutely. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll diverge from the league very slightly um, and and talk about the uh, talk about the game last night. I mean, I know you don't want to, but... <laughs> um, but it's um, you know it, it was a it was a crushing way to go out and I, I you know I hate I hate penalties at the best of times um, but I think I love them when we win <laughs> oh yeah when we win they're fantastic um, but it was I, I mean going going back to the to the ninety I think um, I think it was a I think you said on on Twitter actually that it was it was a decent game with two good sides cancelling each other out and I think that really summed up. Um, that summed up the game as a whole. I think the there were definitely you know definite swings of, of play for both teams. I think we had the best of, um, of, of sort of the second half of the first half, um, and then the first half of the second half. I think we you know we seemed to be the better side then. Um, I just think the we took a little while to get going, um, but we managed to contain Sunderland the best we could. I think. Um, Michael picked out beforehand, and I think you did on the on the preview that you did um, on on Facebook and YouTube, where you said that you know if you cut out the supply to Charlie White, then he's going to be nullified. And I think for the most, you know, for the vast majority of the game, we managed to do that. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there was just that one moment where there was a little lapse in concentration, and and they took advantage. But um, I mean, I want to talk about our goal first off. Uh, Let's talk about the first half first off. Yeah, okay. We've, we've glossed over that, and you know, the, uh, football's ninety minutes, and there was forty-five minutes where the xG of both sides combined was two point four, which essentially means we could have played if we'd stayed playing in the first half. Both teams, how they could have done, we could have 
literally played two whole games of football and we still wouldn't have expected a goal. Uh, it didn't feel like a semi-final and I don't mm. know why. I think probably the injuries, which obviously we'll come on to, um, just kind of took a little bit of the wind out of our sails when I, I sat down and finally got Now TV working on my crap internet connection and the team popped up um, and it I kind of obviously could, I'd done the the thing beforehand but I just looked at their team and looked at our team on the screen and just thought it's going to be tough mm. because we don't have a lot from the bench and that's with respect you know Remy Howarth is a, is a decent player for us I don't think he's a game changer I don't think he's functional but I don't think he's a game changer James Jones you could argue probably you know hasn't been as good post-injury as he was pre-injury mm-hmm. and I, I just you know, look at Cohen Bramall Okay, subsequently I might be wrong, but again, you look at that and think, oh, is he is he a game changer? I just feared for us a little bit, and I, th- I wonder if that was partly reflected in the first half. That I'm not saying we didn't bust a gut, but we were happy to let them have meaningless possession, and and then they were happy to let us have meaningless possession. And you know, I, I don't think there was a shot on target, was there? In all the first half, might have been one from them that was deflected. Um, but uh, we certainly was, didn't have one. Yeah, I think there was one shot on target. Um, for both, like for the, the two teams combined, I think. If I remember, yeah, we didn't we didn't get shot on target. I know we had Monsma had a decent header from corner, didn't he? That he put over mm. Scully lashed one miles over, and Ioma lashed one miles over, which might have been a cross rather than a shot. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the first half, and then like you say, we came out in the second half. Tom Hopper could could have probably, if he'd had more pace. Um, given us the lead, but that's not Hopper's game. I think twice we saw Hopper's. When I say lack of pace, that's that's cruel because it's like saying that a one litre engine car has got a lack of mobility. It hasn't. It's got more mobility than your legs. And Tom Hopper's got more pace than you know you and me combined um, on a scooter. <laughs> but he's not that I'm ever going to get my scooter with you. But in terms, in the context <laughs> of of football, you know, he's not the quickest striker. And I think when Brennan Johnson broke in the first half and he laid it off to Scully and then Scully had delusions of grandeur and whacked it into orbit, um, you saw Hopper trying to make the run through the middle. Mm. But he didn't have the pace to get away from the centre-half, so it wasn't a viable ball for Johnson. And then at the beginning of the second half, you know, we get that ball that goes through and Hopper, you just think if you were just a yard quicker. And that's not criticism because you can't be the complete player um, and if you're playing in, in League One. But mm. I think just his slight lack of pace was exposed. And again, I think elements of last night were a night where you would hope Callum Morton might have been a nice option. So, But then it moved on to our goal. So let's let, I'll, I'll let you carry on from there. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, as, um, as I think most people were last night, I was trying to find a way to turn off the home commentary on, uh, on Sky Sports. Um, but there was a throw in that it probably should have been Sunderland's. I mean, there's no probably about it. Let's no, be honest. Sun- well, actually, I think it was a foul on Scully. But- well, yes. Um, but you know, it was it was one of those moments where we got a little bit of luck, um, and I think you know the fact is that in the in the highlights, it didn't even show the throw in. It showed the play after the throw in, which kind of says to me that there was a lot more to do after that after that happened. Um, and the fact is that when the ball came across, their left back just left. He just completely left Scully unmarked, which you know left him with an easy tap in after the uh, after the initial strike. So, um, is that McLaughlin who came on? Uh, is he the kid that came on at half time for McFadden? Yes, I think it was. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it was 
it was an interesting moment to see because there was all they all they wanted to do was talk about the throw in and it's like well can we not talk about something else can we not talk about the play that led up to the goal or the fact that you know that ball from George Grant was a pinpoint uh, you know pinpoint crossfield pass um which then led to the the cross it's like you know, it, it it really frustrated me last night, and I know there's a lot of people on Twitter that were moaning about the commentary, but it, it just felt a little bit OTT, in, in my opinion. But, yeah, look, I'll come on to the goal in a minute, but I'll pick your point up. As I said, I, I got on quite late, um, as I did against Gillingham. Uh, unfortunately, not late enough to avoid seeing you on telly, but um, I, did <laughs> come to it. I did come to it quite late. Uh, and uh, last night, it just surprised me that in the studio, I don't know who Keith Andrews played for. I don't know if he was at Sunderland. I know he was at MK Dons, I think, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, but the other boy, Gary O'Neill, I think, was ex-Sunderland. Danny Gabion, I think, might have been ex-Sunderland. Mm. And wh- where was the Lincoln representation? Mm. That's what, what, why was the, okay, yeah, at least make some effort. But I did yeah. get to watch about 10 minutes of the build-up. I didn't hear mention of Lincoln, hardly mm. at all. Yeah, maybe I missed some, but I saw Lee Johnson, who looks suspiciously like the guy that wired in my um, electrics in my pool room, actually. I felt like ringing him up and saying, you're going to come and change this faulty light, fella. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw, but like you say, the commentary, yeah, the in-game commentary, a lot of people were having a pop at Gabadon. I actually didn't think that the in-game commentary was all that bad. But the replays and things like that, they had, you know, they don't dictate what's replayed. But if a throw-in is replayed, they have to discuss it. So I'd, you know, give them, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But you are right. In the moments after we scored, I saw more replays of a potential throw-in mm. 30 seconds to a minute before the ball hit the back of the net than I saw with a goal. When Charlie White scored for them, I saw it from every flaming angle. I expected them to have strapped a GoPro onto his head in readiness <laughs> for him to score it because it was just like, here it is again and again and again. And so it's great. We get that moment of elation and I'm sat there thinking, why am I looking at a throw-in? And then minutes later, um, when they score, and deservedly so, um, I just felt like Sky Sports were going, Gary, have a kick in the bollocks and here's another one from another angle. And oh, yeah. you didn't see it coming from there, did you? No. Just I, mean, I think there was one other thing that... that bugged me a little bit and it was when um you know how they in the premier league they have the the touchline substitute reporting and they say like oh why did that substitution happen it's like well i'll just get the information from the bench when uh when sunderland made that made their change at half time um they you know they, they sort of went to the sunderland bench and they said oh why is that it's like, oh well you know we think it's because of this but we'll get some more information and so like, okay that's that's interesting um and then it wasn't well, you know, as yeah. interesting as it could be. But like when we brought on our two subs straight after their goal, they didn't even say who'd come on. They just flashed the graphic up on the screen yeah. to the point where, you know, Rach didn't even realise that, that there were two substitutions made. She only, she only thought there was one. And it's like, well, you know, it's like you say, there just needs to be some consistency in it. And it was... No, there doesn't, does it? Because, it, yeah, yeah, it isn't every week. It's just you've got well, to, no. we've got to accept it. These these big media outlets are not particularly interested in Lincoln City unless there's a story there. There was no story there from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it had been Oxford Lincoln, they could have talked about the, the, everything around that. But they were there for the Sunderland, mm-hmm. pure and simple. If we'd drawn Tranmere, it might it would have been a Lincoln City laden commentary, and then we might not have bothered about it. They would probably have had Danny Cowley in. Yeah, that that's Sky Sports, unfortunately, isn't it? I'd, 
Mm. Notice they didn't give you a call last night. No, they didn't. Wankers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't they? I mean, I think the, the, the thing, the, the, the one comment that summed it up was when, you know, the, the, the guy beforehand just said, oh, well, Sunderland aren't a League One club. So they've been a League One club for longer than we have. Yeah. You know, I get one, that. I, I, yeah, I, I get that. I don't get angry over it because. Like, I understand what he means. Yeah. But but ultimately, when you, you know, when you sit in there saying, oh, they're not a League One club, it's like, well, they kind of are. Let's be honest, you know. Do you know what? Charlie White doesn't score. We win one. They'll mean you don't talk about this at all. Yeah, it's only true. this is this is only um, a result of the fact that we didn't win the game and we're bitter and we can't blame anybody and that's why it stings so much. It is honestly that's why I'm hacked off because the last time we were denied Wembley um, was Exeter, York. wasn't it? When, no, Exeter. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And Elliot Whitehouse scored that goal that was a good goal and it was ruled out and it would have got us back in the game. And then Reedy got elbowed in the back time? of the head. Yeah, but won that after the game? Won that while they were celebrating? No, no, that was that was during the game. It, it was really it during got, the game? Yeah, it should have that been was. a penalty. Really got really got clattered from the back, um, and he went down for about five minutes. That's to be fair, and I love Reedy, but to be fair, it's probably karma for the trophy final the year before. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but we had somebody to blame, and there you go. You you had something you could look at and go, we. You know, that's a key point of the match. The FA Cup trophy game against York, where Waterfall never handballed that ball, but a penalty was given and they scored it and we were robbed. We weren't robbed last night. There was nothing. I can't look at Sunderland and say there was anything that they did at all. The referee, I thought, had a very, very good game, um, barred the throw-in. OK, he could have he could have booked Ledbetter and Gooch for fouls on Ed, and it's easy to say, well, they should have been booked, but it wouldn't have made any difference. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. You don't, you know. But... It was our fault because after the game, we just switched off. We switched off for 15 minutes. I think it had something to do with Eden going into midfield. And again, mm-hmm. I think Cohen Bramble did very well. Bram- Bramble. Cohen Bramble did very, very well when he came on in an attacking sense. Um, but I think he's got some something to learn defensively. And again, it's silly saying that in it, really, after two games. It's, it's a ridiculous thing for me to say. Um, but I just, all of the positional attacks from the right seemed to come after Ed and moved into the centre of midfield. Um, and whether that was, yeah, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming Cohen Bramall because we wouldn't have scored if it wasn't for him. It was a wonderful ball to McGrandles. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely, when he's played it, for me, it's like, I think it's holding R1 and pressing circle on FIFA where you do the little, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that yeah, little yeah. things ball that you never see in real life. But when you play it on FIFA, you think, why don't more people do that? Uh, and it was great. And I think we saw some real hints of Bramble then. But after that, defensively, we just had a mare for 15 minutes. And although the XG doesn't suggest that Sunderland should have scored two or three, um, Gary suggests Sunderland should have scored two or three. You know, White should have put his header not into the ground, but six inches further out. And it would have beaten Alex Palmer all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the the key thing for me there is when you say that we switched off and it was... I think it was evident, and you know, I'm not, I'm not criticising um, Teo Eden here, but it was quite evident when you watched the goal back that he was tracking, um, he was tracking the man, and then as the ball went back to, was it McGeady that set it up? Yeah. Yeah. So when the ball went back to McGeady, you just saw um, Teo just kind of walk towards him instead of jump or start to, you know, maybe put a little bit of a sprint in, and I just thought. 
it, it that's the sign of us just switching off for that brief second. I, yeah, I, I didn't spot that, and I'm not going to call Teo out one bit because at that point he's playing central midfield. Remember, Brown yeah. was playing left back, and I, I'll be honest, Teo probably was close to my man of the match. I thought he was superb. Oh yeah, um, I'm not. You know, I'm not like I say. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and, and and you know sound like I'm singling him out. It was just that kind of that that moment to me, kind of just it just crystallized the fact that we'd switched off for that very brief moment. And it was yeah. unfortunate. You know, I just, I just think collectively it was, we're looking tired. Mm. Yeah. That's, we are. that's the fact. And yeah. At times we're looking very tired. Certain players are. Um, and I think you know, we can talk about one or two of the injuries that may be impacting us. One or two of the players shouldn't look tired. Um, you know, James Jones hasn't played a lot of football recently. Lewis Monsma hasn't played an awful lot of football. Bramwell were expecting to come in. Regan Paul and Morgan Rogers obviously cup tied. So, you know, there, there are a lot of positives in terms of fitness. But I think um, Aoma, McGrandall's Eden, I mean, they worked their bollocks off. Mm. They really did. And, you know, Aoma was still making that long, busting run into the area on 90 minutes where we should have scored. Mm. Yeah, we should have scored a couple more in the second half. Brennan Johnson, where the ball bobbled just off his toe, that was another Bramall cross. Um, we, but yeah, yeah, just certainly, I think they never stop running the boys. But I think sometimes when we get in possession, it's almost like they 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 know then they can take a breather. So I think we're still working equally as hard out of possession. But I think some of our pos- our actual um, when we're in possession, I think we're a little bit slower at the moment. But I don't think that there's anybody that is in a position to criticise that, nor will they be going forward over the next two months. Uh, it wouldn't be fair to criticise them. Mm, no, absolutely. Um, so Interesting, by the way. Uh, sorry, are you still talking about the games? If you're going to move on, I've still got... No, I was going to say we'll move on. OK, good. Well, I'll make a couple of points then. Um, crosses. I think we spoke about the whole game and I said about how we had barely put any crosses into the area at all. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And that the only successful crosses that we've put into the area, one was from Paul and one was from Bramall. Uh, yep. And um, looking at this, I mean, Bramall, obviously, he only came on for, what, 20, 25 minutes. Two crosses, both successful. Um, outside of that, we weren't particularly successful with balls into the box, but Scully got four into the box. Max Sanders got two into the box. TJ Ioma got two into the box. Brennan Johnson, I mean, we made 14 crosses last night. I think that's really, um, really positive. And I think it's positive from, and we keep talking about him, but it's positive from a Callum Morton point of view, um, because I think in games, late on in games, let's say 60 minutes, Tom Hopper's done all the workhorsing that he does. You know, he defends from the front, really, really good performance. You then bring on a striker striker, not the false nine, an actual nine. Mm. If you And if you then put Cohen Bramall on, for instance, You've then got that late attacking intent. All of a sudden, teams have got something very, very different to contend with. So I think there's an awful lot of positives. And and if we were going to move on, I'll, I'll set up a nice little segue as well, because one thing I think we've got to talk about uh, was a young man who made his debut for Lincoln last night. Tentative first 10 minutes. But after that, I saw an awful lot of positives. Mm. And we're talking, we, we're moving in. Obviously, Max Sanders is going to need to step up, I think, now. And um, and arguably replace or certainly stand in for one of our injured players, but I saw enough yesterday to convince me that that is something that could well happen. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Max Sanders had a I thought he had a solid uh, solid performance, solid debut. Um, 
he he did what he needed to do. I think he, he fitted into the um the the shoes of Liam Brooker really nicely last night. Um and I think it was, you know, an obvious um obvious thing to do is to call back to to you know when we said oh he's gonna he's kind of the, the pre-made replacement you know the pre-made package replacement for for Brooker so um yeah it was it was really nice to see him make his debut and of course it was really nice to to see him um do so well I think it was um I think there was a few passes like you say in the first 10 minutes that maybe went a little bit astray but once he found his feet um I thought he looked really strong. And of course it's, you know, like you said, it's something to talk about with regards to the injuries um, where we've sort of had the, um, we've had the conversations around it before. And we said, you know, I think we didn't know this time last week that, that Brickett was going to be out for as long as he is. And that's now come back as four to six weeks. Um, and I think if I remember, if I heard correctly last night, I think that's the same length of time for Harry Anderson as well. Um, I may have been getting the two mixed up, but I definitely thought I heard that at some stage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the injury situation at the moment, obviously we've got Brick out, we've got um, we've got uh, Joe Walsh out, and we've got uh, Harry Anderson out. Now and that... Theo Archibald. And Theo Archibald, and of course Callum Morton. So that led to the bench being incredibly thin last night, and it was, I think, the initial shock was last night when we saw the bench didn't have Harry or there was no Harry Anderson at all it immediately started thinking well you know either he's very out of favour or he must be injured Um, and I think it was confirmed that he's injured so well it was confirmed he was injured shortly after but like yeah I wouldn't go so far as to say we're in an injury crisis but because of the fact that you know because of the work that the, the recruitment team have done to pull in players that can deputise very well but it's not great when you can't really have that full pool of players to pick from, is it? No, we're not going to be the only team in that situation as well. I mean, Sunderland today have announced, I think, that Bailey Wright uh, is going to miss games. He was out last night. I think Josh Scowan, who played last night, is going to miss games as well. Sadly, with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, all the way through till the end of the season, it's going to be a feature for a lot of sides. Players are going to get injured and, and managers and, and um, backroom staff are going to have to manage loads very, very carefully. And I think there was even a reflection of that, if I'm brutally honest, in the substitutes that were made because semi-final, Wembley at stake, I don't see taking Teo Eden and Tom Hopper off at the same time as a move of a manager who was... Um, going all for all hell for leather to win the game not when the replacements are uh, James Jones and Remy Howarth and that's not criticising those two players I don't think they were the right players for that occasion you know, Remy is certainly you know, there's a time and a place for, for the skill set that Remy has but I don't think that yesterday was it so I think that the changes that we made and when you look at the changes Sunderland have made and the players that they were able to bring on um, I think that there was a you know, a stark difference they brought on was it Aidan O'Brien who had been at the championship in, with uh, Millwall Conor McLaughlin who I think has been in the championship Chris Maguire who's obviously a season pro and you know we we just didn't have that we brought on James Jones who up till now has played almost all of his well has played all of his career rather in the bottom two leagues Remy you know first season pro really um, in, in the football league and and yeah we're, we're seeing a reflection of that I think when you if you're trying to put a positive spin on the injury situation 
Joe Walsh being out is a big blow. But up until the Fleetwood game, I bear in mind we were, you know, we were front runners then as well. Joe Walsh hadn't kicked a ball. Mm. And we were perfectly happy with Adam Jackson and Lewis Monsmer. Him Monsmer's actually got to step up to the plate because um he's been like James Jones, probably a player who was key before his injury, just hasn't quite got into it uh, since he's come back. I think there was um a shout that he may have done a little bit better with the cross that White scored from. Potentially easy to say when you're looking things back in slow motion. I know that. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not looking to apportion blame. I just think some people will look at certain instances and think I could have done better there. Um, yeah. And again, we didn't talk about the penalty shootout, but Alex Palmer will think I could have done better with two of those penalties. It's not blame. Um, so I think in defence, when you when you think about that, Bonsmer and Jackson, you can live with that. I think Bridcott being injured, Max Sanders suggested he can drop into that role. We know George Grant can drop deeper and then James Jones, who again will have to step up, can easily play attacking midfield with McGrandles. Teo Eden, we know can play attacking midfield if we feel um, Cohen Bramble can start at left back. Again, when you talk about centre back, if we really need to, Regan Paul's right back, TJ Oma can sit in. So there's, there's that as well. With the Harry Anderson injury, yes, it's a blow, but again, you've got um, Scully can come in. Obviously, on on the right hand side, you can switch things around a little bit with Brennan Johnson. Callum Morton is due back very very soon, mm-hmm. and and that will add another dimension to our to to us as well. So, and yeah, we don't need these injuries. And the problem is now, I think what we're we're seeing revealed is the effect of having a squad where your depth comes from versatility and not numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but. Everyone will be in this situation. This is not a unique Lincoln City situation. Mm-hmm. You know, with Bridcut's injury, we knew that Liam Bridcut was going to miss games. He's kind of like this season's Lee Frecklington. You know you're going to have to nurse him through certain games. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. Um, so there's going to be some players, I think, come to the fore over the next couple of weeks who perhaps haven't stood out as much. Uh, I think there's got to be. Yeah, and there's one or two players who have just dropped off recently, and I think that's either like Monsmer and Jones, due to a, a kind of a lack of action, uh, or like, and I, I don't want to get shot down for this, but like Brennan Johnson maybe, who um, it might be too much action. You know, I think we rely heavily on Brennan, and, and if I'm brutally honest, I don't think he's, he's he's reached his levels. Certainly not December levels over the last couple of weeks. Mm. Looks a little tired and jaded. It's such a shame that we don't have Harry fit to play Morgan and Harry, Morgan Rogers and Harry and, and give Brennan a, a Tuesday off, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was something was uh, a friend of mine who doesn't watch too many games um, texted me last night in the second half and he just said we look absolutely knackered. Um, you know, and it, it was one of those moments where you just think, well, if people that you know don't watch don't watch us that frequently are picking up on, um, it, it's becoming apparent. And I think it's you know it, without sort of wanting to sound like Jurgen Klopp, it's like the the workload and the, the, you know the Saturday Tuesday fixture can well the, you know the, the congestion that we've got it is crazy. And it was something that I was actually really pleased to see happen on uh, over the weekend was the game got called off on Saturday and the club spoke with Accrington, Accrington agreed and they played it on the Sunday night to try and get, you know, not add another fixture into the backlog. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was quick. It was a, you know, obviously it must've been a you know, very quick decision to have, but um, 
yeah, credit to the guys that were sort of responsible for that, I think. Um, yeah, I think just to touch on Brennan Johnson, you know, I just kind of made the point there about um, uh, about him looking tired. 97 minutes against Sunderland, 98 minutes against Accrington, 94 mm. minutes against Hull, 81 minutes against Gillingham, 94 minutes against Hull the week before, uh, 94 minutes against Doncaster. Before that, 91 minutes against Portsmouth. Uh, 91 minutes against Accrington, uh, 63 minutes against Accrington, 97 against Northampton, 96 against Peterborough. Since the turn of the year, I think he's he's played every game and been taken off in two of them, missing about 40 minutes. Mm. It's no wonder he's looking tired. And you know, he's only a young lad, but it's, it, it's a shame because I actually think that there was scope, for instance, against Hull in the checker trade. Um, not to play him, but Michael's then looking at, well, who can I play? That's when missing out on Callum Morton, and I keep saying Callum Morton, but if he's fit, Brennan Johnson doesn't have to play nine against Hull. Mm. Um, and we're resting Tom Hopper against Hull, which is why Brennan plays. Yeah. And then you've got Scully, but if you've got Callum Morton, you can go Scully, Anderson, Morton, and then, you know, Brennan Morgan, Morgan would miss that anyway, but... You know, Brennan and uh, and Tom Hopper would would be able to to relax. So we need to get a couple of these bodies back. You know, it's actually important to get Theo Archibald back because mm. again, you know, if Morgan Rogers could play on the right hand side, you could arguably then give Brennan sixty minutes of one game and bring Theo on on the left uh, and still have Tom Hopper up top. Or when Callum Morton comes back, so it's ifs and whens. It's delicately poised, but um, you know, I don't want to seem too negative. Uh, with the injuries because I think that we've got a decent enough squad to carry it through and look if I take one thing away from last night it's all the Sunderland fans saying you're going to be hard to catch Mm. based on last night's performance because we're here talking about not taking our chances and being tired and being a little bit off it and they're going you're one of the best teams that have come to us this season Mm. that says everything I think yeah totally I mean I I went on the um on the red and white podcast with uh with some Sunderland fans I think it was Jack um you know, Michael yeah. Matthew Crichton as well, who's um, Roker Report. Top yes, line. yeah, um, yeah. So I went went on there um, earlier in the week, and it was quite heartening. Um, you know, because they they both sort of alluded to the fact that yeah, at the minute, you know, I think Jack even said at one point, Lincoln have got a better team. And you think, well, ha- hang on a minute, what? It was it was one of those moments where you think, bloody hell, like a Sunderland fan is is just outright saying yes you've got you know Lincoln got the better team than we have at the moment it's like that's yeah that's some some praise I think um and it's to be fair I, I did the same podcast back before we lost um 4-0 and I was saying you've got good players and they were saying we haven't um <laughs> and I think it's that whole outside looking in and inside looking out thing that I talk about all the time that when you're yeah. on the inside and you're looking out you're you don't fully appreciate what you have and for him to say they've got we've got a better team is probably not far off the mark. They've got a more experienced team and they've got probably a little bit of a deeper squad. And there's six or seven of their players that I would say we'll have him tomorrow. But would I take Grant Ledbitter? Honestly, probably not over Liam Bridcott, no. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Aidan McGeady, but would you take him on the wages? Probably not, no. Charlie Wyke, he's on a good goal scoring run. Would you take him over Tom Hopper? Yes, he's a goal scorer you'd have to adjust the way that you play. It doesn't work anywhere near as hard as Tom does. No, so I mean, you know, he, he just, he relies on everybody else too much, I think. Yeah. 
But then in a team that we've got at the minute, we'd probably be creating chances for him for fun. But I think we'd concede more because Tom does an awful lot more work. So you'd probably take Charlie White as part of the squad and rotate where where we've got a player missing probably wouldn't thank you for many of the lads they've got at the back I quite like that Luke 9 um, you know when he his, his penalty went in and he kind of walked away good. A phase. <laughs> yeah I like I like that lad do you know what I, I followed his career he scored against us um, first game we were back in the football league for Wigan Wig- Wigan Wickham mm. uh, and he had a great game for them and I've always kind of liked him he, he, I'm not 100% convinced he looks like a footballer um, he looks more like the sort of person that, uh, and I, I don't want to get shot down for this, but that you see protesting with a flag in London for the LGBTQT community. Um, he kind, of, do you know, what I mean? he kind of has that that kind of studenty militant look on about him. I think you're dangerously um, close to using the word snowflake, Gary. No, no, no. You know what I mean. I just think he's got he's got that look about him. It, he has, and I, I, I was quite amused because I kept looking at Sunderland players and not knowing who they were. And, and labelling them with certain things. You know, like, um, I mean, I knew McGeady was, but every time he came on, it's like, yeah, that, there's something about him. He doesn't look like a footballer. He looked like he'd been whacked in the face with a frying pan and dragged through a hedge backwards. And you've got Josh Scowan, who definitely, I tweeted him, he definitely looks like the guy who sidles up to you in, yeah. in a tracksuit and, and work shoes and white socks in the middle of the day and opens the bag going, do you want to buy buy some cheese, mate? No, what do you want to buy? I'll get it for you. Oh, I could do with a leg of ham. I'll be back in five. That kind of person. So um, I had to get some amusement out of the game somehow last night. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but I mean, you know, we, we sounded a little bit, maybe a little bit negative, but... I think there's probably some stuff to be positive about because, like you said earlier, we've got two games coming up that, in theory, we should hopefully be talking about six points next week. Um, so first up, we are away to Wigan on Saturday. Um, they are coming off the back of an absolute thumping against Hull. And I was talking to somebody last night and I said, you know, I, I genuinely think that while it looks like it's quite tight, down there in the you know the, the wrong end of the table, I think we're going to in serious trouble. I, I don't think I can see them getting out of the predicament they're in. Particularly that Burton seemed to potentially be putting a little bit of a run together, um, you know, with with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank coming in and, and dropping the uh, dropping the age of the squad quite substantially. And I think we're going to in trouble. I think they're going to be. I, I don't think they're going to be coming at us on on Saturday with a you know with a purpose and with a with that fire in them. I think they uh, they've been battered completely on you know on, on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, on Wednesday night. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult for them to get their heads back up considering where they are. Um, so it's a game that I genuinely think we should be taking three points from i mean it's top versus second from bottom on paper we should be taking those points every day of the week um <clears throat> excuse me but i just wonder if it's if if that tiredness is going to be playing a massive part in the game uh, what, what do you reckon yeah well they've won um i think it's two in 10 or 12 um so since the 15th of december they have won uh, two games uh, in that run they've lost 5-0 at home to Rochdale 5-0 at home to Blackpool 5-0 at home to Hull when they start to get beat they get thrashed the games they've won 1-0 at Northampton you could argue Northampton is is a, is a winnable game and, and 4-3 away at a, a pre um, Hasselbank Burton just after we've put five past Burton so 
But then some of the results that they've had, they lost that heavily to Rochdale and then went and drew 3-3 there a couple of weeks afterwards. Uh, they got a draw against Fleetwood. But on the last six games, they've lost five. One of them, 2-1 against Oxford. They were quite unfortunate to lose that. Look, first of all, let's not underestimate them because actually they've got some, what I would class as decent players. And you go, they've got the boy Dariqua, I think, um, <laughs> who's on loan from Forest. Curtis Tilt, a defender who I keep praising and who never um, lives up to that praise. They've got Funsi Ojo, who was superb at Scunthorpe. A couple of years ago, went up to Scotland. He's come down on loan. The boy Viv Solomon Otterbor is a, a winger who was at um, Birmingham City, I seem to think. And he's he's got pace, full of direct running. Uh, yeah, striker-wise, uh, Will Keane, who's always flattered to deceive at, at Ipswich when we've played, but I think probably scored against us. Jamie Proctor, um, a player who they've got on loan, I think, from from Rotherham, but he was on loan at Newport in the first half of the season and didn't particularly impress there. Zach Clough, who was at Forest, they've got Joe Dodu. Um, they, they've got decent players, uh, but like you say, they're on the art, they're on their arse. The manager Liam Richardson not really done a great amount as as manager. I think he was manager of Accrington Stanley for uh, a short period of time. Um, and then uh, was was left Accrington, I think, to go work with Paul Cook or something like that. But he's, you know, he's only managed about 55 games in total in the Football League. It, it should, on paper, be a win. We've got to pick ourselves up, though, as well. Mm. So we should be talking about six points over the next two games. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but there's every potential, of course, that... Football never goes that way, and we haven't had a particularly bad spell. And people always say teams do have bad spells. Um, so, again, it's it's not one I want to call. What I would say is that teams around us are playing each other. So, mm. for instance, so we play away at Wigan. Let's say we win the game, and it's presumptuous, but let's say that we get a result. Portsmouth host Blackpool, tough game. Doncaster Hull, you know, somebody's going to drop points uh, in that. Peterborough, okay, they're at home to AFC Wimbledon. You would expect them to get something from that. So, you know, you've got Doncaster Hall. Then Tuesday when we play Swindon, mm. um, Peterborough have got to go to Plymouth. Very, very tough. Portsmouth go to Oxford. Very, very tough. Hull host Ipswich. Very, very tough. You know, there's, there's three games there where... We're winners, whatever happens. Yeah, unless Peterborough win, because we're never winners in that instance. Um, football has a strange way of biting you in the arse, though, doesn't it? Mm. But this is the period. I, I think I said on Match Day Live the other day, we've got these two games, um, Fleetwood and we're away at Plymouth. There's four games there. If in those four games we take nine points, then then I'll start to think, this is it now. Because we will have played 41 if we do that, and we'll be on 62 points if we do that. We'll still have two games in hand, in hand over Hull, so at that stage Hull will be on 33. When you're on 33 games played, you start to run out of games. And when when you're a successful team and you are picking up points, we're not going to drop off a cliff and start losing games on a regular, regular basis. We know that. That's almost a given. Um, because of where we are you know we're not at a stage now where we're going to massively fall away I don't believe so when you've got 13 games left and let's say 
a six-point gap between yourself and I'll pick a team here who have played the same as Portsmouth. So it's five points at the minute. Let's say we keep the position we're in now in terms of points. We don't particularly extend our lead over the likes of Portsmouth. We may do over Peterborough or whatever. So you go into this period, you've got 13 games left with six-point gap, right? If you're drawing and the other team's winning, it still takes them three games to collect, to catch you up. They've got to win all three games. You've got to draw all three games. Unlikely. You know, even if you win, draw and lose and they win all three games, that's five points tonight. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. it begins to take a while to catch up. It's all right to look at the table and say, well, there's only five points. There are only two wins behind us. But that's two games they've got to win and two games you've got to lose. And we already know Accrington have got to play Hull. Pete, Portsmouth and Doncaster twice yet. You know, there's a lot of big games still coming up for teams. Peterborough are the ones who worry me. And sorry, I know that I'm kind of um, almost just ranting um, now, not in an, in an angry way. But Peterborough's fixtures um, look very, very kind over the next couple of weeks. OK, they're away at Plymouth. That's tough. But they've got Wimbledon. They've got Wigan. But then March, they're away at Oxford. Tough. Away at Burton, I think that'll be tough. At home to Hull, 9th of March. At home to Portsmouth, 16th of March. Very, very tough. 27th of March, at home to Accrington. Not an easy game. 5th of April, Sunderland go there. Still not an easy game. Saturday the 1st of May, Lincoln at Peterborough. What price on that to be a game where one of those two teams can book a place in the championship? Let me tell you this. Their last four games, away at Charlton... Then on Tuesday, the 27th of April, at home to Doncaster, they then play us at home. Then a week later, they go away to Doncaster. Tough. I think that's, we've got an easy, easier running. I was going to say, that that's a hell of a running for Peterborough. Um, yeah. yeah, I I don't like relying on other teams. We've we've had to do it in the past, and it's, it's let us down. So... I think as long as we, you know, as long as we keep matching the results, we'll be fine. Um, and I think ultimately, I think that, you know, that we've got what it takes to do it. You know, I, I just think we're, I'm, I'm starting to believe it now. And, you know, I know that there's, there's some people that will probably be, you know, giving me a little bit of grief for it, but I, I genuinely am starting to believe that we are, we're getting there now. And I think, you know, I don't like saying it's ours to lose, but I mean, it kind of is. You know, if we look after our own results, we'll be fine. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't take the McCarty for. I'd take the McCarty for saying if we match their results, we'll be fine because of course we will. We've got a lead over everybody, so if we match everyone, well, that's, what results, we'll um, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know what you're saying is the way you said it. <laughs> okay. oh. So yeah, I just think um, I'm not going to preview Swindon because. Um, it's obviously the game after the next game, and I don't want to just muddle everything. But again, they're on their they're on their bottoms, aren't they? At the minute, they're a team. I think that we've got two teams now uh, coming up who will both be in League Two next season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Swindon have only won one of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, and that was against Wigan. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> They've, they've only won twice um, since November the 28th. I'd say in all competitions, but they were out of all competitions by November the 28th. They've changed their manager. John Sheridan is um, not popular at all uh, in the in the slightest. They've got players who 
have been um, suspended internally for turning up late for training. It's just complete and utter disarray as far as I can understand this wind. And just as it was at Southend last year when we went there and lost 2-1. Yeah, I mean, that that is that says something that, you know, next season we could see potentially four teams that have been in the Premier League in League Two. Mm. It's, it's Twindon, crazy. Twindon, Bolton, Wigan. Who's the other one? Bradford. Of course, yeah, Bradford are in the Premier League, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's mad. But, um, right, so... That's the games. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? No, because I can smell my ribeye steak cooking through the door. I thought you were going to say something very, very different for a, for a split That's second there. Thing. I think we're a bit shorter tonight, aren't we? Uh, we're on 50 Short minutes. Part. Okay, so no, not that much shorter. No, I don't really have anything more to say at all. Just, yeah, It could be a very different more upbeat podcast uh, in a week's time and if it isn't it'll be even more morose there'll be no middle ground <laughs> well i did say beforehand you know that we're, we're in for a high energy one tonight with yeah. lots of sarcasm but um yeah it's gonna be fun um cool well before we go i just want to say a little bit about the, the the quote secret project that i mentioned on on twitter which is now sort of out in the open um I will be selling some of the models that I've been making of the um, of the stadium. Um, so at some point going forward, um, there'll be an eBay auction or a, not an auction, sorry, eBay link that goes up. Um, I've been talking to, to Chris Ray about it. So thanks, Chris, for, for helping me through or helping me put some ideas together. And also big thanks to everyone at the club for um, for saying, yes, you can you can go ahead and, and sell them. Um, it's basically I'm going to cover my costs and all the profit will go back into the club. So it should be a relatively decent amount, probably looking at about 15 quid for the models and um, we will uh, we'll go on. So, yeah, my room has been stinking of uh, 3D printing resin all week because I've been trying to get these bloody things right. So uh, I'm probably high as a kite as I talk about this now. But, um, yeah. It doesn't sound it. Oh, OK, cool. And I would know what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's it. I suppose lockdown has its benefits because I've just been so fucking bored that I've made all of this stuff up. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, no, they look good, mate. They look good. Yeah, and uh, I know that um, a certain somebody has been saying that they want a uh, a retro central bank doing as well. So if these go well, then I might do those as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I say, I'll send the picture over definitely. Yeah. So cool, right? Um, well, I won't keep you from your teammates. Uh, no, no, I'm desperate to get out there. It smells great, and I can hear Fee walking around outside, which is, I think, she's trying to tell me that um, my dinner's ready. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Up the imps. Up the imps. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.